So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So before we start the show, it's time for another little Carfection film club. And this week, Lewis Hamilton drank all the milk and other radical ideas to make Formula One less boring. Practice gone. The teams are allowed 20 minutes to make sure their cars are glued together and then it's out on the track. But also, let's get the drivers to live in a Big Brother-style house. None of this amicable millionaire Monaco bullshit. Let's make them really hate each other. Wait a minute, Terry, is this one of yours? Yes, you can tell it's one of mine, because although it's filmed very beautifully, there are no nice cars in it. It's just me and my nipples. I say that because I've watched this video back, and you can definitely see my nipples through my T-shirt. You can get tape for that, I think. I know, I just didn't realise it was a problem. I think I've hit that age where I've got, like, you know when men's (laughs) nipples get bigger? Oh, the nipple pause, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil, what did you think? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I think it has the potential to make uh, quite a good podcast. I don't know if that's something uh, that you've thought about. I fucking hate podcasts. That was our new Carfection Film Club. Go check it out now. We have linked to the video in the show notes. Carfection, for the love of cars. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that has never had much grip and is all the more entertaining for it. I think if anything, we're losing our grip the more we do it. I feel like I'm on inters, but inters that have worn away to show my nipples. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's been leaking bitumen and making life difficult for drivers for years. Back to yep. nipples again. Do you know where bitumen comes from? <laughs> <laughs> Men's nipples. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. If everyone was Lance Stroll, we would be his father's bitter disappointment. Is that because every now and again there's like a glimmer of like, ooh, on our podcast? And then ultimately it's like, oh. It was the first time his dad was ever going to be proud of him. And then he had a pit stop. Oh, hey there. I'm Chica Rez. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's what. Because we're going to talk about the Turkish Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton won without having the best car for once and now is literally... Michael Schumacher. Lance Stroll drove brilliantly until he forgot how. Vettel remembered how to get onto the podium, and we all learned that newly relayed tracks are the best racetracks. We'll talk about all that and why human rights can go fuck themselves if there's money involved. That's all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who is battening down the hatches. It is Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. My daughter is about to become mobile, she's uh, uh, starting uh... to crawl. And it's bloody terrifying because I've realised that uh, very little in the house is baby proof. And also we have a lot of stairs. There's a lot of things for her to fall down, get her hands on. So far it's been easy because you just put her down and she stays there. Yeah, don't really know what to do about it. We've started by buying some gates for the stairs, but we also might have to replace all of our furniture. Come on, we grew up sharp. in the 80s where everything was sharp and made of flammable material. <clears throat> yeah. And we're fine. I've got a lot of scars, mental and physical. Oh yeah, I mean... I had four brothers and they all died, <laughs> you know, apart from that. <laughs> yeah. fine. Sharp fire-related incidents. <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle I still exist. And 
alongside him is a man who has been veganly tested. It is Terry Saunders. So tonight, before recording the podcast, I decided to make myself a vegan burger and chips. So long-time listeners may remember that I went vegan about two weeks ago. And... <laughs> I don't... Apart from cheese I mean, I think in theory it was a lot longer than butter. that. But. And I, in theory, I went, I went vegan-ish about three, a month or two ago, which was... Vegan whenever I fancy it, but if I fancy a beef sandwich, that's fine. And now I've gone proper vegan, and I don't think I'm enjoying it. And so I went to a special vegan shop, and they did like vegan burgers and all the rest of it. And I bought one, and then as I was buying one, I saw some other vegan burgers that looked nicer in a cardboard box. So I bought that one instead. Got it home, got it out of the box, and realized I hadn't bought a vegan burger. I'd basically bought vegan fake meat. Which is oh. technically kind of what a burger. Then, it, then we're in this kind of existential crisis of like, well, if it's not real meat anyway, can I just make yeah. this into a burger shape and it becomes a burger? So then I thought oh, I yeah. put some onions in it, I put some garlic, you know, I make it into a thing, and then I tried to squish it all together, and it got really powdery and wouldn't keep its shape. And all I could think of was the best thing I'd need right now: a fucking egg. <laughs> a fucking egg would really fucking solve this. And yeah. of course, can I you get vegan eggs? eggs? Can you get, you can get powdered eggs, but then you need to go to the supermarket for the powdered eggs, for the vegan powdered eggs. And it's not like there's like a powdered chicken that you can just go to the fucking garden and get a powdered egg from. So it's just, it's just, it's a lot of work, is what I'm saying. Chica, what have you been up to? I had a particularly lovely night on Saturday when my old housemate announced to her other old housemates, the group of us, in a pub quiz that we had over the form of zoom that she was having a baby oh don't do but it don't do it she told us in questions so she um. she asked questions you know like when is the next olympics we said 2021 when does spring begin i said may but it turns out it's actually march but that doesn't matter and then da 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 and then it when you put all the answers together, it said that she was having a baby next week. Oh, that's nice. God, How cool was that? That's nice. unbearable. <laughs> as soon as the baby arrives, she's not going to have time to plan stuff like that. There was quite a lot of us uh, doing it. And there was one guy, and he's not always that with it. And it took, like, a long time. And everyone else had got it, but we... He hadn't quite got all the answers right. I mean, is he, he like, the dad? I just didn't get it. We had to keep going through... <laughs> yeah. We had to keep going through and being like, come on, Luke, come on! Oh, you've just named and shamed him, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, he knows who he is. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's Listener's Corner, but watch out, there's not much grip because we just had it relayed. So, it was back to Turkey after a long absence, and only three of the drivers in 2020 had raced there before. Which ones were they? Why Hamilton, Perez and Vettel coincidence Ooh. in an up and down back to front and often rotating race. Lewis Hamilton won from sixth on the grid to cement his seventh world championship. Will Bowen said Hamilton out Perez Perez. I think his driving skills were clear in the race. The Merc was nowhere near being the best car at any point this weekend, but he still got the win. Kevin Barry says, once again, Hamilton wins and humiliates his teammate. Usually when he's giving his interview, he makes sure to praise Bottas. To me, it sounds exactly the way a grade school teacher praises a ridiculously dim-witted child for doing something simple. Congratulations, little Johnny. You return from the bathroom without wetting yourself. 
Speaking of Valtteri Bottas, Alan Digby says, who won man of the match of spinning? Was it Bottas on six or did someone else pip him to it? Verstappen certainly tried to have a go and even tried to get a string of 360s at once down the straight, but he needs to make more effort if he's going to go toe-to-toe with Bottas on this. Right, lots to talk about there. Uh, Hamilton, he's quite good at playing Formula One, isn't he? Let's just say... He's in the right job. Let's just say, for all the people who say about Hamilton, he's only got all these championships because he's in the best car, what a way to cement your seventh world championship by lapping the other guy in the same car as you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and in fact, on, on, on a weekend where they obviously didn't have the best car. True. At any point in the weekend. Mm. He won that with driving skill and somehow managing to drive on tyres that were literally falling apart. It was almost like uh, China 2007 again, except he didn't uh, lose the championship by skittering into the pit lane. But he did... Did you see um, an interview? He mentioned that. I did, yeah. To, yes, because he said he didn't want to pit because he remembered losing it. And, it was, and it's kind of funny because even if he had have done the exact same thing in this race... It wouldn't have exactly lost the championship. It would have just yeah, made, been fine. Win it next week. <laughs> yeah, he still had another three weekends in which. I mean, he could have done that probably in every other race, and he still probably would have won it. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it's much more impressive to do it this way. Yeah, it? it was an extremely impressive way to uh, to win the title. Mm-hmm. I thought he was uh, absolutely masterful. And yet, of course, there's still people who are just like. Oh, he's not that great. Oh, he's only doing it because he's in the best car. He's in the best car because he's but the best there'll driver. Always, there'll always be people like that. Yes. There will Racist. always be people. You're never going to get 100% people saying, oh, he's great. There'll always be people that are just dickheads. This is very true. He is an amazing driver and you cannot deny that. And if you do, then just get out. Wow. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so uh, for, for every yin, there is a yang. And uh, Bottas then, same car, same challenging circumstances. The Mercedes wasn't firing on... Well, it was firing on all cylinders, but the tyres weren't working properly. Um, Hamilton managed it pretty well. Bottas? Was there an official excuse? Because, you know, like last week he had most of Sebastian Vettel in his radiator. Was there yeah. anything like that that came out? I haven't heard anything to yes. say... Oh, there was. What was it? He's shit. Yes. So he <laughs> the had... problem is, I'm just really shit at driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, the I think it was the second time he hit Ocon. No, well, he indirectly <laughs> hit Ocon uh, on the first lap, didn't he? Because he was was he no, he was him, wasn't he? He was avoiding was Ricardo Ricardo avoiding him. There was something involving him and Ricardo, and Ocon got spun around. And then, like literally, I think even less than a lap later. Bottas missed just his braking and hit Ocon again. <laughs> so Ocon got taken out twice in the space of a lap and neither of which was his fault. And I think that damaged his um, damaged his steering, so he couldn't get full lock on the steering. Um, so, yeah, basically he had a, sh- a shagged car, but it was his own the, fault. These cars are quite fragile, aren't they? Weekend. They should make they Bottas's are. car stronger next year. Yeah, make next it all year, out of like, steel. looks vaguely similar to this year, but <laughs> it looks more like something at a robot wars. Just a tank. Yeah. But you would have thought after the first spin on lap one that um, Bottas would have driven more carefully. Well, he would have learnt from his mistakes. Yes. I don't want to be too cruel to him. But, oh. uh, yeah, he spent six times. Um, yeah, hit another driver, got lapped by his teammate. 
and didn't even manage to do that properly like he got in Hamilton's way as Hamilton was coming round because he was busy going off the track again and then coming back on in a sort of kind of manner and there was an in-car shot of Hamilton as he came up behind him going what the hell are you doing like with his hand in the air as as masterful as Hamilton was Bottas was just sort of a little bit Laurel and Hardy can I go on an aside here I think it's dangerous when the drivers put their hand in the air when they're angry. So I think they should, should have they a button do? on the they should have a button on the steering wheel and there should be like a carbon fiber hand popping out the side of the car. Like the sort of really old indicators. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could have, you could have different buttons. One could be a fuck you, one could just be a wave, one could be like a royal wave, one could be like a fist. But what would be the error implications of that? Well, but they'd be so angry they won't care. They, I mean, they there's probably error indication implications of them waving their hand. Well, could they, well, I mean, I wonder if they could do something that would send it to the appropriate driver's pit, and then they have to put it on their pit board when they go around. Nice. So in, instead of sort of saying, you know, sort of one second Hamilton box, it just says "fuck you, love Hamilton" or something. Ham thinks you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. Okay, we got that sorted then. So while the race on Sunday was jolly exciting, things were also entertaining on Saturday when it looked like we might have to eat our past words. And Tristan Clayton said, as a professional F1 poet, I have been struggling for many years on Ascari in the Ferrari and Zanardi in the Minardi. Being able to use Stroll on pole means my career can flourish for another decade. Oh, I like this. What, rhyming... I was unaware of this. No, this is career. good. Hang on. So, Sebastian <laughs> Vettel puts pedal to the metal. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Does that yeah, mean strong. it was him that used to write the Eddie Jordan things at the start of the Channel 4 coverage? Do you remember he used to have those I kind of watched, long poetic... I didn't watch it. Oh, yes. No, I have seen a long, few. Yeah. Yeah. When the prancing horse wets the bed, then <laughs> you know it's time to eat some bread. Bread helps when you've been drinking lots and Verstappen's yeah. going to win a lot like Marinello a Spice rises once again Italia they cry the tifosi are alive with fire or some shit that's why I watch Sky now Stroll then this is the thing with Stroll isn't it because he's actually when the moment hits he's quite good it's good in the wet you know it would seem you can't you can't say this after that. Yeah, we can. You can't say that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, we've always we've always <laughs> had a pretty good word to say for Lance Stroll. We've always thought he was pretty decent, but I think even yeah. he would admit. We said just give him time. This is what we've been saying. You know, he, he would admit that he's maybe not performed to the best of his abilities, but we've always said keep an eye on this guy. You know, I still stand by the idea. <laughs> no, we haven't. We've been horrible about no, it. No, I still stand by the idea that he doesn't want to be a Formula One driver, but he can be quite good on his day. But I reckon his dad said, if you win a race, you're allowed to quit, which is why he was so pissed <laughs> off. Because he really doesn't want to do Formula One. So he nearly got his like golden handshake to get out of Formula One. And he threw it, it all away perfect, now, he has to stay. Want, now he has to drive for Aston race, Martin. If you want a race and quit, then Perez could keep the, the Aston Martin seat alongside Vettel. Stroll would be gone. There'd be no more weird stuff. And he looked good, but instead he's got to keep driving for as long as his dad's in Formula One. I mean, you know, credit where is due. Saturday he was really good, and he he is good in the wet. And the start of the race, I mean, he was what ten seconds up the road from everybody else while it was still yeah. pissing it down at the start. But the trouble is, it seems like he's one of the. It seems like he might be a driver that's only good in the wet. Uh, and is, as soon as it dries up, he's not so good. Yeah, 
he needs a really wet race. Hang on, can we talk about this? Didn't we get an email from Force India someone? Can we publicly talk oh, about Oh, yes. That? No, we do. Uh, hello to uh, John Curry, who is a senior aerodynamicist at uh, Racing Point, um, who uh, apparently listens, uh, which, to be honest, makes it a little bit harder to uh, slag off the team. No, it's but fine. we are professionals, so we will we will push Sorry. through. Sorry, um, but weren't we featured? But this, in their... this weekend, it's actually quite difficult to slag them off because they did really well. But weren't we featured in their um, intranet or something? Well, yeah, apparently we're with a featured F1 podcast on their uh, internal newsletter. So hello to all the people at uh, Force India. So if you're listening at Force yeah, in, Racing not Point, Force India, Racing, Racing Point, Point, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh, so if you're sorry. listening, Racing Point. It's all right. I'll have, uh, d- trust me, next year I'll remember. It'll be Racing Point. I will not mess it up next year. It'll be Racing Point every race. So if, so if you're listening, right, You, any of the Formula 1 teams listening, you put us on your internal recommendation, you get a pole position the next week. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and we might, we might remember your name. Yeah. Yeah. So Brabham, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, you know, every dog has his day and... Uh, it's just and Perez came second, <laughs> and Perez came second. So, uh, although that was touch and go for a little bit, wasn't it? On that, with three quarters to go, that was very exciting. It was a very exciting race. It was a good race. I enjoyed it. Now, one man who is usually in everyone's top three drivers of the season had a bit of a weird weekend. Max Verstappen looked odds on to take a dominant pole position, and then didn't. And then looked odds on to win, but then didn't. So Ewan McMurray said, given the amount of rookie-offs that Max V had, can we presume that he'll be joining Albon at the exit door at the end of the season? Well, one, we don't need to call him Max V because there's not another Max on the grid. That's just unnecessarily confusing things. Yeah, but Max V sounds cool. Max V. Max, well, Max v. The V stands for velocity. The V stands for or fucking Verstappen. it all up. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I suppose in Dutch... V is an F sound. So, fucking yeah, it all up. Fucking I am it fucking up. it all up. Um, no, <laughs> no, no obviously it's not, he, he won't. But it, several people have been talking about this. He is, he is a still, he is still a young man. But he's also been in F one for what six years now, five or six years. He shouldn't be making these mistakes. And he was a little, he was so fast on Saturday until they put the intermediates on. Oh, what was he four seconds ahead of everyone in qualifying until they went to the intermediates? Um, it's just showing off, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, fair enough. He's a Formula One driver, he's supposed to. Um, and then, he, you know, you'd have put money on him to... Be, it's the it's the weekend where the Mercs are shite. And you'd be saying, right, well, when that happens, What's who's going to win? And you'd say, well, obviously Red Bull, and obviously it's going to be Verstappen because it's not going to be Albon. Um, mm. And he kept making silly mistakes in the race. Just being a bit too aggressive and, you know, that, that spin that he had behind Perez... When he, you know, when he was basically right behind him, couldn't see anything, went off the track, kept his foot in, and spun. You know, wait. You're clearly faster than him. Wait a bit, and you won't have a massive spin. He was bloody lucky not to crash. To be honest, so yeah, he, sh- uh, he I think he'll be pretty pissed off with that, and and he should be. Well, Roland Neifold said. Max was a super frustrated Verstappen that made even more mistakes because of that. So maybe it was more of an emotional thing. It might, yeah, might have been. Cause, He's having a bad day. Well, yeah, two bad days. Because if you saw the footage of him after qualifying, he was literally sitting by some bins looking really sad with his trainer trying to console him. 
out the back of the circuit. Oh, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and you do wonder if maybe you went in on um, Sunday going, I'll oh, show them all. I'll oh, show them all. And unfortunately, he didn't show them all. He uh, spun. But, you know, not as much as Bottas. So he's still very good and he'll still be a very good driver and he'll still be remembered as one of the best drivers. But um, he's got to stop making those silly little mistakes if he's going to uh, become Hamilton-like. Because he, you know, if you put if you're going to put money on anyone breaking Hamilton's new seven championship record, the obvious candidate would be Verstappen because he's clearly got he's got at least another ten years in Formula One in him. Probably Lance more. Stroll. <laughs> if Stroll, if climate change means it rains everywhere for all time, <laughs> that's his moment to shine. Yeah. So one man who did make it to the podium somehow was Sergio Perez, although it did look a bit dicey towards the end, until Charlie Clark outbraked himself. Now, Ian Cox said, let's hope this weekend proves to F1 that Perez needs to be in the front-running team rather than settling for a has-been team plodding around at the back. Mm. Well, maybe, but the, I mean, the only option is Red Bull, isn't it? It's Red Bull or, well, it's, it's Red Bull is, is whether it's going to be Perez or Hülkenberg. Or Albon. And who, it, after this weekend, <laughs> no, it's not going to be Albon. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, we'll touch on Albon later, but, he, you know, he had a good weekend apart from when he spun it again on his own with nobody around him. Well, nobody <laughs> into him. I think I think Perez would be a good fit at Red Bull. I think he'd be a better fit than Hulkenberg. I think either would be good. But I think, you know, Perez, well, Perez has just got better, Hul- better results. Perez beat Hulkenberg when they were teammates. Physically or in the, in the car? With his belt. And then... <laughs> You got second place today, which does Hulkenberg need reminding he never got. I think yep. I, I don't like Perez, and I think he should drive for Red Bull. And, that, okay, and why don't why why don't you like him? Just the tires thing. We've been over this. It's just a, he's such a one trick pony. He just looks after his tires, and it's just like yes, he's got nine podiums by driving in a way that looks after tires, but that is not impressive to me. What would make he him should... more impressive? Oh, I don't know. What would make not him looking after his tyres and getting nine podiums? The trouble is, you can you can be like that and you can be excited. Like you look at footage of um, Gilles Villeneuve, and he wasn't good on his tyres at all. He was sliding about all over the place, and it was brilliant, and everyone loved him. But the trouble is, it meant he often broke his car and didn't win races. So yeah, exactly. Okay, well there we go. So away from the weekend's racing, F1 has announced the new seemingly endless calendar for 2021. And if you like human rights, then bad news. Why have 21 races that will infuriate Amnesty International when you can have another one? So let's welcome Saudi Arabia to the fold, which will host a street race around the streets of Jeddah in November next year. It's the latest race in a country with dubious human rights, which in 2021 will also include... Australia, oppressions of refugees in the indigenous population, Bahrain, exploitation of migrant workers and oppression of political opponents, China, how long have you got? Spain, oppression of pro-independence movements, Monaco, is okay, go Monaco, Azerbaijan, torture of political opponents and crushing of dissent, Canada, violation of indigenous people's rights, France, police intimidation of protesters, arms sales to countries committing human rights violations, Austria, dubious asylum rules, the UK, not as bad as it has been but one hell of a history and general populist bullshit, Hungary, government control over the judiciary and a rollback of human rights generally, Belgium, arms sales, Netherlands, deportation regardless of persecution risk, Italy, criminalising NGOs that rescue migrants at sea, persecutions of the Roma people, Russia, how long have you got? Singapore, executions, oppression of government, criticism, Japan, executions, LGBTI discrimination, USA, how long have you got? Mexico, government, military harassment, and murder of human rights defenders and journalists, Brazil, how long have you got? And UAE, how long have you got? So, we race as one then, is it? 
We do. We race as one legitimate <laughs> discriminatory body that hates people. You say that, but in putting together this list, I actually went through the Amnesty International website to see what the record of all the different countries that host F1 was, hence this list. And Monaco is all right. So I think we should just go to Monaco and do, f- but, like, hang on, let's say, 16 races at Monaco. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Monaco-, Monaco just doesn't have anyone in that they could possibly persecute. Well, but the poor- also Monaco is a place where lots of people go to avoid paying tax, and that tax could have been used to pay for lots of poor people's lives. Okay. Well, then you're allowed to Monaco to the uh, thing. One thing and I Grace Kelly died. Mm. Didn't she die in France, though? Did she actually die in Monaco? Yeah, but she was the queen of Monaco. Yeah, the, well... The dame of, she was the Dame Helen Mirren of Monaco. <laughs> the Mirren. <laughs> um, this is a really difficult one, because obviously... The announcement of Saudi It's not Arabia difficult. It's not difficult off. at all, Phil. We shouldn't do races in any of these places. We should just race at the nice places. So that's Malvern. Well, Malvern's um, in the UK. We've got a very long history of uh, oppressing people mm. who don't have hills. Okay, Malvern should... Yeah. Okay, then here you hear it first. Malvern is going for independence. <laughs> and Phil Trowman's <laughs> is heading up. They've got the, they've got the high Malvern ground. independence. Nobody outside of... Certain bits of the UK is going to know what Malvern is. It's my hometown, and it's near where Terry grew up as well. But it's Saudi that wants to basically sport wash. It wants to, you know, it's realising that it doesn't have oil for the rest of time, and it's going to have to do something else um, for when the oil runs out. And in order to do that, it's got to open up. And it's doing that through sport. You know, every bloody sport seems to be going there at the moment. And, you know, I, you, you can't defend... Saudi Arabia's history or its current regime, you know, it's doing an awful lot of horrible shit. But at least people are looking at it now. It's not doing it all behind a curtain and it's just some sort of theoretical thing that people don't really know much about. So it's not it's not black and white, not like a checkered flag, although it does have a checkered past. We are holding up the black and white diagonal flag to Saudi Arabia saying it's a if warning. you do three more things, then <laughs> you'll get a three-race grid penalty yeah tell us how wrong we are you can tweet us at for f1's sake or find us on facebook where we're for f1's sake or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com alternatively if you think that we are right well you owe us a beer so thank you for all of those that have done it since the last episode they are colin mcmahon says please read my name out in the voice of gunter steiner my name (laughs) <laughs> is that is that the level that we've stooped to? <laughs> I've told you before, people who listen, if, just because you're buying us beer doesn't mean you get to fucking dictate how we fucking do it. But if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. And if you say, please read my name, I'm reading the words my name. Because you can fuck off, Colin, if you think you're going to tell me what to so do. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, but thank you for the beer. I'm glad you explained. The, I mean, I'm glad you explained your yeah, joke. I had to explain the joke happened. because the reaction it's was not as hilarity driven as I was <laughs> expecting. I do, so I I do want to stress... I do want to stress throughout this strife, thank you for the beer, Colin. Thank you, yeah. Fucking worse. You two. Do you remember <laughs> the other the other month when I had a go at someone and then the beer money went in the beer money went up dramatically because of me and my bravery. So you two just tag along. <laughs> Your bravery. <laughs> bravery. <laughs> yeah. You are so yeah. bold. It's like you and the troops and the NHS, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You should be out there the fucking true tapping me on a Thursday. <laughs> Oh, we called someone a <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> Edward Ludlow. <laughs> Thank you, Edward. 
Adam Salem. That's your lot. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Lena Lebedeva. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Christopher Turner. Turn around. Oh, he brought us around. Turn around. Nice. Every now and again I get a little bit thirsty and the beer is mm. going down. James Kelly. That sounds like an Australian outlaw. James Kelly. James Kelly to the James Kelly gang. It was Ned Kelly, wasn't it? Who had the suit of armour that he made himself and then had we've a shoot. We've done this before. And... Th- we've, Have we? we do, this is what we always do. We come up with the same <laughs> jokes time and time again. Well, that's, we've made five years of doing that. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Oh, Kimi Raikkonen will yeah. probably always oh, got to retire. He'll drive forever. Oh, Lance Stroll's got lots of money. All <sighs> right. <laughs> Don't ruin the standings. <laughs> Oh, what's Kevin Magnuson going to be about this week? Oh, who knows? That thing he said five years ago. Well, if, <laughs> well, if you think we deserve your money, no, we, no, you, you can do, join them we all. We don't. <laughs> don't do it. You can join them all by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Lifeboats, teams right ahead. Mercedes, Hamilton lost control of his emotions while Bottas lost control of his car. Spun on the opening lap, as we said, and then spun a few more times after that. How did you feel when you saw Hamilton get out of his car? I thought the bit bit where Vettel said well done to him was actually quite moving and I was quite happy. Yeah, because Vettel would have been well within his rights of just gone... Just like what blanked him, just walked past. It would have been more entertaining. It would have been more entertaining if he'd have like punched him in his helmet. <laughs> just like <laughs> gone in and just like through yeah. the halo and through the visor, just gone, fuck you. Yeah. That would have been more just entertaining. But... Backed, backed past the car, facing him with both middle fingers up. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice it was a nice time. He's done very well. Hamilton nearly uh, he nearly cried. He then gave out an inspiring message and, you know, it's a little bit a little bit on the nose, but you know, fair play to him. It's a nice it's a global audience. You know. That's why Mr. Bean's so popular. <laughs> what? No, they're broad broad taste. I don't I don't that's not the sort of thing I say. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not having a go at anyone. As you know, some people you know, I found that I found it a little bit a little bit saccharine. It's like, follow your dreams, you can reach your goals. Wait, no, that's from no, South no, no. Park. What's the Mr. Bean bit? I don't understand the Mr. Well, Bean of, bit. Mr. Bean is quite broad comedy, but it's, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's pretty on the nose. It is. About somebody that has just won seven world championships and say they're a bit like Mr. Bean. <laughs> so all <laughs> the other podcasts are going to be bagging on about he's the greatest driver ever. And you're going to be like, well, he's a bit Mr. Bean. And the worst thing is, people are going to hear this and be like, did you hear that for four to one sake called Lewis Hamilton Mr. Bean? And then they'll be saying, oh, is that that fucking Terry was saying that? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> the finer details will get lost in the uh, in the, the Johnny's whispers oh, of it all. So I'm going to get the Mr. Apex people tweeting me about not respecting Lewis Hamilton because you're comparing him to Mr. Fucking Bean. I don't want anyone to think that I don't respect Lewis Hamilton. I think what he's done, what he's done is incredible. I do think he is the best Formula One driver of all time. Um, but he just can be a little bit saccharine at some point. And, you know, I wanted him to say something cool and throw away. Like Mr. Bean. Like what? I don't know, like John McLean. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, hello, is this a dentist? <laughs> Get his little teddy out, yeah. <laughs> or 
do the last do like a lap of honor on top of his car steering with like a piece of string and uh, a broom ferrari Vettel only went and mugged Leclerc on the last lap. The Ferraris had gone okay all weekend. Was it just because the wet weather suited their awful engine? I'll tell you who Vettel's like. Danger Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make Leclerc Penfold? Yeah. yeah. Mind you, Matteo Bonotto looks a bit like Penfold. There you go. In a wig. Um, were... Anyway, come on, Ferrari. Sorry, yeah, Ferrari. Uh, well, I don't think Vettel mugged Leclerc. I think Leclerc mugged himself by... Uh, by outbreaking himself into that corner, all he had to do was drive really well. He was already past Perez, uh, and in fact, he did drive really but why, well. Why were Ferrari so Why were Ferrari so much better this week? Well, were they though? Because for an awful lot of the race, Leclerc was nowhere, and because we're recording this fairly soon after the race, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it again and figure out how he managed to. Because at, at one point, Vettel Vettel went up to like third or fourth from the start, like within a couple of corners, Vettel was right up there, an amazing start. Leclerc was nowhere for the first half of the race. At one point, he was well out of the points, um, and then suddenly he was there. Um, it was all about I'm switching sure Terry, the tyres on. Yeah, probably. But no, they, do, they did having... seem to have better luck with their tyres, certainly than, well, Mercedes for a lot of it. And Fettel, Fettel had a really good one. Remind cool. us that every now and again he mm. can be a really good driver. But then Leclerc did as well. He must have gotten that podium. He did. He must have gotten the podium being like, God, remember this. Oh, so all, everything's changed since I was last year, he probably said. Ooh. Oh, look, they've got, got big screens behind us now. I've got a fact. I've got a fact. Ooh. The most driver pairing on the podium ever in Formula One is Hamilton and Vettel. They've that shared the podium more than two other drivers. Yeah, it was like it was like the olden days. I did wonder when that happened. Is like, how is Verstappen going to get up there? <laughs> because that's clearly the way this should end up. At one point, when Vettel was coming back, although I didn't actually think he was going to get on the podium, he only did it because Leclerc threw it away. But Hamilton had got to the top. I was like, it's going to finish Hamilton Verstappen Bottas somehow probably, but it didn't in the end. It'd be funnier um, if Verstappen just muscled his way onto the podium. <laughs> I deserve to be here. I had the fastest car this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they did well. And uh, I'm looking forward to them uh, not doing very well at Bahrain next week or the week after. Because that'll be quite high speed and they'll be rubbish again. Racing point. A metaphor for racing points weekend was where you have won a prize and at first you think you won the lottery and you'll be able to afford a castle with a swimming pool and actually turns out you've won an extremely good quality casserole dish. Stroll started in pole, Perez finished in second, and Racing Point are up to third. No wins, all swimming pools though, but great casseroles. Mm. I like a casserole. Yeah, I really I think they should be happy with dish. a casserole. Mm. The thing is, like a really good quality one, you know? Yeah, a Le Creusier. Mm. Mm. I mean, that you know, a good quality pan will make a good quality casserole. Um, there's nothing wrong with a good casserole. Yeah, sure, we'd all like a castle and a swimming but, pool. But at the beginning of the weekend. The castle was looking likely. The swimming wow. pool was on the I mean, horizon. Just because you've got a castle doesn't mean you can have a good casserole. I've yeah, had some just really you... shit food in grand places. It's true. <laughs> just because you bought a lottery ticket doesn't mean, you know, you know, you haven't won that castle until all six numbers and the thunderball or whatever it is have come up. Um, mm. And, you know, just because... You can you could have your castle. You can be in your castle, but you can have like a thin little casserole dish. Yeah. Because you spent yeah. all the money on the castle, but you haven't mm-hmm. got good accessories yeah. for inside it. Renault! Renault have lost what was looking like a nailed-on third in the championship and are now fifth. What the fifth happened? They messed it up. Well, Ocon 
in fairness, didn't really mess it up. He just got repeatedly bullied on the first yeah. lap by everyone just piling into him and spun him around, as we've talked about already. Yeah, Ricardo, but you say that. I seem to remember. They must all, they all hate Alcott, I think. They were all, uh, it's like Alcott right. has slept with all their girlfriends and he is getting barged by the drivers. If this was has Greece. He, the musical or the country? The, the musical, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then he is I don't know any of the characters in Greece Danny Zuko the, one of the bad guys yeah, Sandy Danny Zuko. Kanicki and yeah and all the drivers are Kanicki right the band or the character from Greece the, the country <laughs> <laughs> which one is Lauren Laverne okay um, Ricardo Span as well I think didn't he he had an unforced error oh well 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 ooh tell me more <laughs> Anyway, watch Greece. That's what happened to Renault. Red Bull. Both drivers led at one point of the race. Yes, even Albon, but they also barely made it off the grid. What emotions did you feel when the camera showed Verstappen struggling to pull away? Oh, it's very funny. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. I thought the lights went out. They went, go, go, go. And everyone was just like, I can't move. The start was was very funny. Yeah. And then they got to the first corner and everyone crashed into each other. And then basically... Pretty much every other corner for the first three laps, somebody was spinning off. It was brilliant. I loved it. It was it was a great advertisement as to why mm-hmm. we need to take away as much aero as we can from the F1 cars, because it's much more fun. I think it was George Russell at the end said, this is not what F1 about, what it's about. I was like, yeah, and that's the problem. Because when it's like this, it's brilliant. I may be disagreeing with you in the state of F1 a bit. Oh, okay. You. Well, we'll oh. see. Um, but yeah, you know, Red Bull... They're going to be annoyed, I think, because they should have taken advantage of this weekend. The weekend where there was always going to be one weekend where Mercedes weren't on it and this was it. And that was Red Bull's chance to do well. And, you know, in Q2 in qualifying, you think, well, they're going to absolutely romp away with this because even Albon was looking pretty good. You think Verstappen's going to burn it by at least a lap. Albon's going to be second. And that didn't happen. Albon actually had a reasonable race until he inevitably span it again. Um, And yeah is even more out the door than he was before but uh, yeah it was a it was a chance and they let it slip away alpha tari wet tires the team had wet dreams about changing gasly's power unit overnight and then decided not to don't think i saw them through the entire race no what did anything happen i can't can't remember i can't remember a single thing about them did anything happen did either of them crash yeah i don't remember either no no oh well Next. McLaren. Bit weird. Good result considering bad quality and penalties, but the McLaren of early 2020 would have been disappointed in this. So should we? Mm, yeah, it was all right, I suppose. They've gone a bit shit this year. Um, I don't really know the best way of... What's going on? It's not on? even shit, is it? It's just like, it's just not as good. Yeah. It's not, it's, they're not as quite good as they were. They're not shit, I mean, you know. They're not Haas or Alpha or, um, uh, or Ferrari, Williams no. or Ferrari. Um, they're just, you know, they're there or thereabouts, and they're sometimes a bit more there, and then sometimes they're a bit more about. And I don't really yeah. know what seventh and eighth is. It's kind of like, eh. yeah. yeah, it's points in it. Points mean prizes. Yeah. Alpha Romeo. Giovinazzi skidded all over the shop, damaged his front wing, and then got a virtual safety car. If that doesn't scream attention seeker... 
maybe it's that I don't know what it maybe, does, but I don't actually remember any of that. Maybe um maybe uh, the podcast where we said he was the most anonymous driver on the grid and he's like, No, look at me he's trying to be like the wacky guy. And still, with his long hair and his and his and his damaged front wing. <laughs> Probably wears a bow tie. Did you think did you actually drop it on his own again? He did quite well though, didn't he, in qualifying? Was he another one oh, that was I quite good care. in the wet? <laughs> Williams! This is the sort of race where you'd expect George Russell to be unexpectedly in the points, but he isn't. Two race weekends in a row where he's binned it into the wall in uh, non-race conditions. Because what did happened on so the way- before the race started... On the way to the grid. He fucked it up. Yeah, he went I missed out that. I missed. I didn't... I, I, I turned it on a bit late because... The race was on a lot earlier than I thought it was. It was on like Which 10 o'clock or something, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, on the way to the grid, he uh, he spanned it into the wall <laughs> again. Um, but he was always oh. planning on starting from the pit lane anyway. Um, yeah, right. So all they had to do was change his front wing, or at least that's what he said. He's like, oh, I didn't want yeah. to start on the grid anyway. Oh, I didn't want to have a nose on my car anyway. Oh, I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even like grids. I don't know why you, you guys are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he did all right. He didn't. He wasn't Latifi who was just woefully bad I mean we were we were mocking Bottas but I mean Latifi got Latifi crashed out after hit, crashing Grosjean I think it was Latifi's fault and it was while Grosjean was lapping him um, so I mean that's gotta hurt <laughs> when when you crash into someone who's lapping you and it's Grosjean and you come out looking like the idiot in that Russell did alright wasn't last but is making silly mistakes hey yes. <laughs> I'm running out of ideas for this. I just think hurry up and quit the sport Kevin, we'd have to keep doing this. Kevin Magnussen retired because Haas laid off his pit crew mid-race and Grosjean missed his flight. Why bother? He did, didn't he? I forgot about that. What happened with the flight? He missed it. Grosjean <laughs> missed his flight out to the race <laughs> and had to scramble around to try and find another one. Calamity oh, grows on strikes again. I don't know what happened. I, ima- I imagine. I imagine it was like the scene, at, the scenes at the beginning of uh, Home Alone, <laughs> where he sort of wakes up next to his wife, covered in cookbooks, and they go, "We did it again!" And then they're scrambling around. And have they no, got no, a no, kid? No, no. Probably. Whoa, 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 whoa! Feel, feel, feel. You're describing Home Alone two, Lost in City, Lost in New York. We did it again. Yeah. All right. I didn't want to say the city because of branding. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like home alone what would happen is that he'd wake up and the whole four and one circus would be at the turkish grand prix but he'd be in san marino on his own okay and joe pesci and the guy who did the voiceover for the wonder years would be trying to break in to steal the trophies and he'd have to was daniel heard the voiceover for the wonder years that's my little fact there you see how is i stepped that in That's a good fact. I like that. You see, that was very you subtle. Just put it in there. there you go. No, that was good. He's like, so I'm in Imola, and my family's in New York, or wherever the fuck they were, Istanbul. Istanbul. <laughs> and then he, you know, yeah, brilliant. And then Donald Trump's in it for some reason. No, that's the second film. We're still oh, in yeah. the first film. Who's in the first film? Joe Pesci. Oh yeah, fine. Joe Pesci in F1 would liven things up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can we get that happening? But he's in character as uh, Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. Just No, he's in character as all of his characters at once. <laughs> oh, they're all just Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. He's just savagely beating people in the pit lane. 
Lance Stroll, you fucked up. <laughs> Ted's notebook would be a lot more exciting. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So in first place of the championship, it is the greatest of all time. It's Lewis Hamilton. And in second place, it's the most Bottas of all time. It's Valtteri Bottas. Third place is the angriest driver of all time. Let's call him the Hulk. I oh, know there's another driver got that name. Fourth, the least tyres used of all time. Sergio Perez has used less tyres than a driver who only did one Friday practice once. Fifth, the most mugged by a loser of all time, it's Charles Leclerc. And the sixth, the third worst career choices of all time, it's Daniel Ricciardo. And in seventh place, it's the second worst career choices of all time, it's Carlos Sainz. Of course, the first worst career choices of all time is Alonso. He's not in it this year. The TikTokiest of all this time is Lando Norris. And the most Pierre Gasly driver of all time, it's Alexander Albon in ninth. <laughs> the Disneyest of all time is Gasly. And the most learning of the lesson that money can't buy you love of all time, it's Lance Stroll. <laughs> the most forgetful driver of all time is Ocon. The comebackiest kid of all time is Vettel. The most like he's not even there of all time is Daniel Kvyat. And the most like it's not going to happen of all time, it's Nico Hulkenberg. The oldest of all time, it's Kimi Raikkonen in 16th. And the most surprisingly not shittest of all time, it's Giovinazzi in 17th. The last of the track of all time, he missed his flight, it's Grosjean. And the bull suckiest of all time, yes, he said that thing 27 years ago. And that's all I know about him. <laughs> it's Kevin Magnussen. And for the standings, in first place, they're not even trying anymore. It's Mercedes. In second place, they're trying too hard. It's Red Bull. In third place, they're actually really trying. It's Racing Point. In fourth place, what's the point? It's McLaren. And in fifth place, we thought we were trying. It's Renault. In sixth place, sometimes it's when you try the least, you get the best results. It's Ferrari. <laughs> and in seventh place, we know we've passed this year's peak. What's the point? It's Alfa Tauri. It hurts, says Alfa Romeo in eighth place. And in ninth place, is Haas questioning everything. And now for the man of the match of driving. Lewis Hamilton. Sebastian Lewis Vettable. Hamilton. Oh, I said his name wrong. I said Sebastian Vettable. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Okay, look, I know you all loved that race because it was all different and exciting, but actually, I think it was awful. I know it's normally me with the wacky ideas to spice up races and let's face it relaying a track surface with custard and then having it rain pure oil all weekend does sound like one of my old state of F1s but this isn't how we want to live with good races being defined by everything fucking up around it this is supposed to be Formula 1 not chuckle vision what I'm trying to say is I was hungover and I found it all really confusing and I'm tired and getting old I'd hope to turn on F1 so I could grind myself at another dull race because after years of conditioning that's what I've been taught to expect I was really hungover, I hadn't slept well, things have been stressful lately, and I needed a dull Mercedes 1-2 to help soothe the afternoon into the evening. Instead, I got a race so chaotic, it was like Sam Beckett had quantum leaked into all 20 drivers on the grid at once. Oh boy. But don't worry, I have a solution. I'm not saying I want all races to be boring, I just think some kind of warning is needed. We tend to know that your Spains and your Monacos and your Abu Dhabis will be boring, and I think we need something similar for the exciting races. The track relaying is a good indicator. Get four tracks a year to be coated with a new surface that's a combined of bitumen concrete and Teflon. Then at least I'll be prepared. <laughs> good. I mean, I disagree. I think I think Formula One has always been about cutting edge engineering mixed with uh, complete cack handed uh, codswallop. So, you know, 
I was all in favour of it. I thought it was great. Best race of the year. I want more of them. Tired, Phil. Ooh. I'm really tired. That was the State of F1 <laughs> brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, uh, do we have a new video? We do. And there's a problem with recording videos in advance and then them getting released, which is um, the video that's gone up this week is all about ways to spice up doll races. <laughs> Which, seeing as I've just gone <laughs> a state of F1 saying <laughs> spice up races are shit, they should be dull. So if you want to see how I felt <laughs> a couple of months ago when I was less tired, you should watch this video, which is really good ideas on how to spice up a dull race. Don't listen to me now. So you can find that state of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around and discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That is youtube.com forward slash carfection. That is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about the W Series, which is the uh, women-only race series that's been going on for a couple of seasons, which will be supporting F1 races uh, next year, which uh, should get them a bit more exposure. Good. And to Terry Saunders. We also haven't had time to talk about our new newsletter, which is a newsletter. So if you want to hear... No, if you want to mm. read our thoughts on a race on a Monday... Because I know you often want us to record the podcast on a Monday, but frankly, that's not going to fucking happen. So what we will do for you is write an email. <laughs> yes, quite a short email. <laughs> By going to the website and signing up at ff1s.com forward slash newsletter, newsletter, newsletter. That's a, a lot of letters to type in. What's a quicker one? What could be better than that? <laughs> Just go to the website. There'll be a link on there somewhere. I'm sure. Ff1s.com forward slash news news news. Letter letter. All right, fine. <laughs> Are you going to create that? <laughs> you know me, Phil. It's a 50-50 chance at best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we'd love it if you signed up. I don't know. Maybe sometimes you could win stuff. No guarantees. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the first of many Bahrain Grand Prix in Bahrain. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And where can people buy any merch, please, Terry? They can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop shop and don't forget to check out our film club pick from carfection lewis hamilton drank all the milk and other radical ideas to make formula one less boring that is in the show notes thanks for listening see you in two weeks ivy chica goodbye goodbye Bye. Bye. sports social podcast network